Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode number 92. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. You know, education moves us forward as professionals, so thank you for your commitment to the sterile processing profession. So today we're speaking with Andy Sutton from Claris Medical discussing boroscopes. Now Andy has some great information about boroscopes, but more importantly, great advice on how to build a boroscope program. So stick around for this great conversation. Andrew Sutton is passionate about helping others implement tools to increase patient safety. He joined the Claris Medical Inspection Team in 2017 and has had the privilege of traveling the world to work with hospital reprocessing teams, device manufacturers, and device repair companies to help implement inspections to their operations. The best part of his job is watching a technician use a boroscope to visualize the inside of a device they've worked on for many years. So Andy, it is great to have you here on the podcast today. John, thanks so much for having us. We are thrilled uh, to be part of this. So thanks for including us. Can you explain to our listeners your role at Claris Medical? Yeah, so quick blurb about Claris. We are a medical device manufacturer. We focus on endoscopes, and by default, we've actually now ventured into boroscopes, which we'll talk about. We have a great team of production and engineers and sales and marketing out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's where these devices are made, and we're headquartered. Uh, my role, uh, it's the best job in the world. Uh, I, I get to work with customers, uh, relay that feedback that we get from customers to help improve our product over time. Um, so yeah, a lot of interaction with customers, get to see locations, facilities, and uh, it, it's the best job in the world. So there may be some folks out there who haven't really got to experience the boroscope. So can you tell us just a little bit about boroscopes and how they work? Yeah, so there's, you know, everyone's familiar with endoscopes. Mm-hmm. Endoscope essentially is a boroscope, but it's used inside the body. Uh, so by default here, a boroscope is something where either your plumber uh, or a jet engine technician uh, would use to look inside of, you know, any, any um, bore or cylinder. So uh, for this application, obviously, this is a flexible boroscope used to look inside of lumens in the medical space. So any kind of reusable device uh, that we're looking at, we're looking for things that don't belong, but it's a light and camera that are used to look inside that, that lumen. What are some common uh, applications that you see that folks are using boroscopes for? So... Uh, you know, I mentioned obviously the non-medical side, mm-hmm. the plumber, um, you know, an, an engine technician, but but here, uh, CSSD, endoscopy uh, departments, uh, they're looking inside of surgical devices as well as endoscopes. 
Um, we're looking in mainly working channel type of stuff, uh, but there's also, you know, any kind of lumen that we're concerned about or, or you know, want to look inside. That certainly is an application that we can do that. Uh, boroscopes are, they do have magnification on these cameras. Uh, so there's also applications where, uh, you know, a normal, a normal magnification uh, or, you know, um, microscope couldn't see, but a boroscope might allow you to get a little closer and, and see that in an enlarged image. So what are some considerations that folks should be aware of when they start selecting or looking into a boroscope for their sterile processing department? So I, I like to kind of organize this in, in two areas. And the first thing I look at is setup. The setup of this boroscope is something that should be, a, you know, a forethought here, something ahead of time as we're looking at uh, a couple things location in the department. So where do you want to use this? Is this going to be on the clean side, dirty side, or both? Something that you'll want to consider and, and you know, how, what might work best in your department. With that location and the setup in mind, you'll want to notice, you know, any space constraints, uh, stuff where the boroscope is going to be set up for success. You know, you just don't want this to be an afterthought. Second piece or last piece of the setup, uh, think about the devices that you're wanting to inspect at that particular workstation. So two things that you'll want to think about with those devices, length and diameter of the lumen. So similar to brushes, we want to make sure that we have the right size brush uh, for the device that we're, we're looking to clean. Very similar to a boroscope, we want to make sure that the diameter of the boroscope is appropriate for the lumen. Uh, so let me just give you a scenario on that. If you have a very small boroscope, in a bigger lumen, you kind of get this, what I like to explain is a flashlight in a train tunnel situation. Mm -hmm. So very, you know, not enough light uh, in that big train tunnel of a lumen coming out of the boroscope if the boroscope's too small. The other thing is the boroscope will tend to ride one side of the, the, the lumen wall. And so you want to get just a good depiction, uh, just like a brush, you want to have good contact points on all, all uh, surfaces within that lumen, similar for a boroscope. On the length side, you want to make sure that the length of the boroscope is appropriate for the devices that you're inspecting as well. So, you know, if you have a colonoscope workstation where you're just doing, you know, a bunch of uh, colonoscopes and you're looking to visually inspect those with a boroscope, you're probably going to want a longer boroscope. Uh, you know, on the flip side of that, if you're doing a lot of suctions or arthroscopic shavers or just shorter lumen devices, you're, to have a long boroscope at that workstation, could present a challenge. You're dealing with a lot of extra working length of the boroscope that might not be needed. So again, to kind of summarize that from a setup perspective, think about the workstation. Uh, and secondly, think about the devices that you're going to be inspecting and try to set that up for success. There's a lot of vendors out there for boroscopes where we uh, and others go out there and try to assess that and help make sure that the right boroscope is going to go into that department. Second piece of this is process. We talked about setup, but now we get into this process. Think about ahead of time what this process might look like in your department. Four things to kind of consider here. Frequency, so how often do you want to inspect? Are you uh, gonna start with a certain frequency of devices um, and kind of get through your department devices over a set amount of time? Uh, or are you going to kind of rip the band-aid and, and inspect every device every time right out of the chutes? Uh, both of those are possible, 
but you want to think about that ahead of time before you present the horoscope to the team um, and come up with a plan on that. Second thing for process would be documentation. How, how do you want to document this part of your process? Is it a checking the box? Yes, we've completed our horoscope inspection. Uh, is it something where you want to make sure that you're documenting your findings and either sharing them with the team, uh, with either pictures or videos uh, to train team members? Is it something that you want to add maybe some documentation to share with your uh, repair partners or OEM partners to help understand and, and kind of learn what you're seeing and, and how we can improve you know, the uh, patient readiness for these devices. Uh, so those are the two things on documentation. The third thing on this process, you see something with the boroscope inside the lumen, what next, right? So it's, it's uh, uh, the boroscope will find some things that might be initially surprising and I'll kind of walk through in a little bit what, what you might find, some categories, but uh, come up with a plan. When you see something, what's the next step that the department's gonna take? So is it gonna you know, quarantine the device? Is it gonna be uh, reach out to, you know, like I said, a partner on the repair or OEM side? But come up with a plan on, on what to do next. The last piece of process, the fourth one, um, make sure you're including some stakeholders. And it's some ideas that we you know, see on the regular are obviously managers of the department. Infection prevention or infection control is a, a you know, they're always very interested in what, how their devices are looking in the departments. Make sure that there's a, a champion on the team. Someone that wants to be the lead boroscope, you know, team member, championing the process, understands the boroscope in and out, and can help kind of lead the rest of the team. And the last stakeholder that might be the most important is is making sure you're looping in and leaning on these um, manufacturing partners or uh, um, yeah I'll call them partners because that's what you really want to make sure that this relationship's about so that includes your boroscope partner that includes your device manufacturers your OEMs or even a repair partner as well so helping helping them or looping them in in the process and, and helping them be included I have heard this argument made, and I've heard it made from some GI physicians, that boroscope shouldn't be used because if something is found, then there's no way that a technician can really tell what that object is. So from your experience with boroscopes, can technicians learn to operate a boroscope and identify any foreign objects? Great question. So let me address the, the first on how to operate the boroscope. Um, certainly. I mean, these team members uh, are operating a lot of other equipment and probably equipment that's even more complex than, than a boroscope. Uh, so it's something that certainly can be picked up. Uh, we see it often. Uh, but the question really um, is, you know, how to train the team on what to look for. And, you know, if they're seeing something, you know, like I said, in the process, what's, what's the next step? So with a boroscope, there is a tool now to look inside of devices. And that presents, you know, an opportunity for change and improving this patient-ready device. So now that we can see stuff, it does, there, there's no ability for un, unseeing it. And, and yeah. that's a phrase that we hear a lot. Yeah. It does speak true for this whole process. Um, so, and that's why I think there's been a lot of adoption as of late. So there's a tool to see inside. We've always been inspecting the outside of devices 
let's finish the inspection by looking on the inside. So as we go back to talking about training the technician or whoever's operating the boroscope, the big question that we get is, you know, Andy, tell, tell me what we're looking for, right? We have this camera now we can use to look inside of the devices. What should we be looking for? And really the, the permutations are, are endless. One thing that we feel very comfortable in saying is that what you will see will fall under one of four categories. So let me kind of simplify that on what, how we train. Uh, we think there's four letter D items that, that might come up. The first being uh, debris. Debris in my mind is something that does not belong in the lumen. Uh, to me, uh, that can come in very different forms. You know, it could be lint, it could be some kind of residual uh, item just left in, in that lumen. A logical next step in my mind is to take that device back through reprocessing reinspect with the boroscope and if it is debris it should be gone the next time we inspect it. The second D is damage. Damage is a hot topic and I think we're still learning a lot more about what this damage can be. The logical next step, well let me walk you through. Damage uh, is, is a lumen that just does not look the way that it should mm -hmm. when it came from from the manufacturer. So uh, you know a logical next step here is uh, taking a picture or video, which a lot of boroscopes now offer, is take a picture or video of what that damage looks like, document it, and let's share it back with those partners, whether it's a repair partner, OEM, and, and help get their feedback on what, what that is, learn from it, and see get their advice on what we should do next with that mm -hmm. device. So we've gone through debris, damage, discoloration. Discoloration is a third D. Uh, that can be a lot of different things as well. It could be residual chemical that's kind of dried uh, and the lumen can kind of make kind of almost like a water spot. Uh, that could be something even like rust that we've seen. Uh, you know, we can't confirm until we test that it's rust, but uh, it certainly could be, or just any other staining. So the idea here, I think logical next step would be to take that device back through reprocessing if there's some discoloration referenced and see if it goes away. And if it doesn't, I think it's a great question to that OEM or third-party partner and say, this is what we're seeing. We, we can't get rid of it. What do you think is the next step? The last D, droplets, moisture. <clears throat> we had to get creative on that last D. So, um, you know, that's something where moisture is a big hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been surprised with how gravity has not been as effective as once thought, uh, where we're seeing moisture in scopes specifically where it should be not present. Yeah. So those are the four D's. Um, the last piece that I want to reference on this is, uh, you know, Claris, uh, along with uh, an industry partner, Layerjot, we've been learning from the customers, trying to come up with solutions to help with this, help identify um, and guide and what I'll call as a co-pilot um, with this visual inspection for the technician that's working. So we, we want to be a co-pilot in that process. And I think that there's other companies out there that are, that are helping try to address this. So um, that's where the industry's going. We still have room to go, but it's a great next step. And we are catching things that are very shocking and surprising with boroscopes in all four of those, those 4D categories. Um, I mean, I think that it's pushing us towards a better patient ready scope just because of this added step. Oh, that's great. The four D's. Yeah. You should patent that. That's, 
That is great. So can you provide any tips or best practices for using boroscopes effectively and efficiently? We want this step to be a helpful step. We don't want it to be added wasted time. Uh, we want it to be an important part of this step. Uh, and, and so I go back to kind of the setup and the process. Um, so I'd, I'd first look at the setup. You know, in order to make this effective and efficient, we got to make sure that the workstation's set up for success. Make sure that the boroscope's in a spot that uh, is efficient for the operator to utilize. Make sure that you were using the right size boroscope for the devices that we're inspecting um, and not wasting time kind of fumbling around with that process, part of the process. And then the, the, the process. And I, I kind of gave you that the first piece was the frequency, right? So I, I would kind of look at if you're looking for implementation ideas on how to effectively and efficiently do this, um, I'm a firm believer that you have to walk before you run. And, uh, you know, start small. If you're not using a boroscope yet, try a boroscope out. See, see what, what's going on in your department and with your devices specifically. And then like you do with a lot of other things, I'd recommend kind of using that tool to identify where your next step might be. And I think it's going to be quite clear. A picture's worth a thousand words is what yeah. they say. Yeah. Um, I've heard uh, from other people that a video, we don't even know how much that's worth. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there certainly are tools that this boroscope can help guide some decisions processes in the department on, on where some extra effort or attention could could be needed. Hey, let's pause our conversation for just a second. Are you looking to get a CE for this episode? Well, you are in the right place. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, log on to the MyHSPA website, and make sure you use the code DISCOLORIZATION. Again, the code for this specific episode is discolorization. Now, let's get back to our conversation. So, you touched on this briefly earlier, but what are some of the interesting things that you've seen while using boroscopes? <laughs> uh, you, you name it. Uh, <laughs> we've been, we travel the world with these boroscopes um, and with our um, incredible partners on this stuff. And and we hear and see a lot. These are these are from some very strong uh, hospital groups as well. So it, it's an opportunity for for making some change. I would say they they fall under all four of those D's. We got a lot of examples of debris damage, discoloration, moisture, um, stuff that's surprising as well. Uh, so uh, the, the the devices that we're inspecting. Uh, they do an incredible job in the procedure room. You know, now the boroscope here is identifying that some of these devices still are also very challenging to clean. And also on the damage front, uh, the more they get used, we have some other great ways to test for damage, but a visual inspection uh, to me is very powerful to kind of see, especially the inside. I, I would argue that, you know, half the device is inside the device and maybe the most challenging 50% of the device is inside. So an opportunity to look inside, get a visual inspection um, has been very powerful. John, we're seeing uh, these 4Ds on, on all different types of devices as well. 
we're seeing groups that are using a boroscope to inspect brand new devices coming into the department to kind of understand mm. what a new condition device should look like. It's a great baseline. We're also looking at devices that are going out for repair to kind of document what that device might look like and what the damage um, and the reason for the repair or outbound repair. We're seeing users document this device as it comes back into the department after a repair to kind of understand, okay, here's, here's our new baseline mm. um, and, and kind of audit that repair. And they're also using the tool to audit just general condition of their entire fleet. So, you know, whatever device it is, and, and we've definitely find some, found some scenarios where uh, devices were a lot more aged and in rough shape than initially thought. Hmm. And it's been a helpful eye-opening kind of, hey, this, is, this device has been in the department um, since 1991 was a scenario oh, wow. that we ran into. And they said, we, we didn't really think about checking the age of that device. It, it certainly has gotten more challenging to clean and reprocess with that age. And so they come up with a plan on how to address that. And they got some great pictures and videos on documenting what they saw to help kind of justify that decision in the department. So last question, if somebody was on the fence trying to decide if they really want to invest in the boroscope, what, what advice would you give them? Integrating a boroscope into the department, got to look at the process, got to look at your setup and lean on your partnerships to help assess that. So managers, infection prevention, Partners on the other side could be uh, a boroscope manufacturer or, or supplier like Claris or, or other ones that are out there, mm -hmm. uh, as well as those, those OEM and repair companies. So I think that looping them in on the decision um, and helping come to a conclusion on where, where it's best fit would be helpful. A demonstration on this uh, device is, I think, certainly helpful as well. It's one of those things where to see what your devices look like on the inside is not only exciting. I mean, everyone spends a ton of time and a ton of work just to reprocess these devices. And if you haven't seen on the inside, certainly start there because yeah. it should hopefully be exciting to see what that looks like. Um, so yeah, to quickly summarize that question is, you know, loop those people in that can help with a demonstration. I think it's a great starting point and then go through the setup and process discussions to figure out where you want to add that there's people that can help great well thank you andy you've given us some great things to think about some great advice and tools that we could use so thank you for taking your time and speaking with us today john thanks so much for including us we appreciate it keep doing all the great things that you guys do we really appreciate it Well, that music means only one thing, and I'm sorry to say that we are out of time for today. Thank you, Andy, again for sharing with us today. So if you are on the fence about boroscopes, take Andy's advice, reach out to a rep or your vendor, and ask for a demo. See if a boroscope is right for you, your facility, and your patients. See what a boroscope can do to elevate safety in your facility. Now, Andy made a really good point when it comes to Lumen devices. 
When we are visually inspecting the outside of the device, well, we're only doing half the job. So let's make sure we're completing the task by inspecting the rest of the device. And with that, HSPA episode number 92 is in the books. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. And as always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time.